time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. Okay, so Surrey election not fully done yet with the news that uh, Doug McCallum and his party are thinking about a judicial recount. But in the meantime, the whole policing situation clearly has been dumped in the provincial government's lap now. Well, yes. And, you know, uh, Mike Farnworth, Solicitor General in charge of policing services, uh, he, we do call him the janitor because from time he's been around for years and from time to time, He gets called on to clean up other people's messes. So he had a media availability yesterday at the legislature, uh, just before question period, and really interesting to listen because you can. He was asked, of course, about Surrey. It's clear that this is one mess that somebody else created that the janitor is not going to help with. Uh, The Surrey mayor and council, the incoming one. Uh, They ought to get a transcript of what Farnworth said yesterday and read it carefully because he laid down a number of markers, a number of tests that Surrey has to meet before the provincial director of policing services is going to approve what Farnworth called the untransitioning. So uh, halfway into a Surrey police force and moving away from the RCMP, reversing direction, getting rid of the Surrey standalone police force, going back to the RCMP, the provincial director of policing services is going to have to approve that. And Farnworth says it's not automatic and it is not just like switching off a light or switching one on. Right. This is this story fascinates me because I do wonder, I mean, the Brenda Locke and her people can't be so naive to think that it is as easy just to cancel it. So I wonder if they can just blame it on the director of police services when they are unable to cancel it. Well, yeah, you know, that's an interesting idea, Simi, that they're just going to try to do it out there and kind of hope they get turned down. Uh, you know, I... I <laughs> That's one possible explanation. I mean, Locke's claiming she's got a mandate. She, what, 28% of the vote out there? Like 72% of the people in Surrey who voted, voted for somebody else. Uh, That's not much of a mandate. Yes, she'll be mayor, and some of the people that supported her will be on council, although not all of them. I mean, it's a transparently thin mandate, and not clear that people in Surrey voted for the untransitioning plan because they don't even know what's in it. But Farnworth was, again, careful to tell us what needs to be in it. So he said, there has to be a plan to get there. It has to ensure that policing services in Surrey are adequate throughout to protect public safety. He also said two really interesting things. This is an NDP cabinet minister. He said they have to deal with the human resource issue. Mm-hmm. So we've been told there are 350 people already hired yes. by this new police service. And like those people have put their lives on hold. They've, they've put their careers on hold. They've changed jobs. They may have moved or planned to move. They may have given up one job and gone into a new one. Farmer says you've absolutely got to have a plan to deal with those people. You can't just trample them. They joined the new police force in Syria in good faith, like thinking it was going to go ahead. So that's one. The other thing he said was, got to have a plan that deals with financial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's expensive. And it's going to be expensive. And you know that the provincial government is not going to be at all sympathetic to any request 
to help out Surrey on that. So I farmers was careful, right? He didn't say they'd turn it down. But again, remember, the provincial director of policing services has already demonstrated that he can be quite capable of turning thumbs down to a city government that decides it wants to mess with the police because the director of policing services told the city of Vancouver no on their effort to defund the police and ordered Vancouver to put those resources back and Vancouver had to find the money to do it. So this is a pretty serious situation. Uh, I, I find your suggestion that Locke is quietly in the back of her mind hoping that uh, the provincial government turns this down. Uh, the other possible way out of this, was it was it Gordy Hogue who ran for mayor out there? Who yes. Want to have third. a referendum? Yeah. Look, Surrey comes up with a plan to go back, uh, comes up with a costing of what it'll do, cost, including the cost in severance, because they're gonna, if they're going to start canceling employment arrangements, they're going to have to pay severance packages all of that up and submits it to the voters in Surrey in a referendum. Maybe that's the face-saving way out. The the mayor uh, sitting atop her 28% mandate uh, says, we tried uh, and we're going to let the voters decide on this one and maybe that will end it all out in Surrey. One would think, because all I, we spoke to the Surrey Police Services uh, Executive Director, yes, the yeah. Surrey Police Board's Executive yeah. Director, and when she started outlining the financial costs, termination, you talk about unionized employees, uh, yeah. people, and I'm sure, you know, the possibility of this happening was written into some of these agreements, so I'm sure, sure. the termination clauses are pretty good. It's a huge amount of money for 350 employees. Oh, I would think so. I think anybody that went in, if they had a contract, well, there's a union contract, but I mean individuals that are hired, of course you'd have severance in there. Uh, you're not going to go into something right? like this where there's so much opposition. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, like people do these things in good faith, right? They go, I'm being hired. I'm being offered a contract. It's legal. I've got some protection. I'm going to go ahead. But, you know, people also change their lives based on expectations. I mean, I think that was the one thing that jumped out to me from Farnworth yesterday was this is a government that is going to think about the human resource implications, about the impact on individuals and their lives. And, you know, I I heard it as a a fairly strong message that Surrey should not assume that any transition plan is going to be approved by this government unless, unless uh, all of those things are covered off, and I'm not sure they're not going to. Surrey yeah. can do it. No, I don't think so either. And again, I'm going to go back to when I hear Brenda Locke saying things like they can't spend any more money, and I'm going to lay off these people. I think. Uh, have you looked at the contracts yet? So I think there's more to come on that one for sure, Vaughn. Um, also, let's talk about this whole repeat offender situation because I know it was the topic during question period yesterday. Yeah, it came up in question period, yes. Of course, the BC Liberals are uh, feeling somewhat emboldened by the civic result in Vancouver. I think for obvious reasons, the cabinet, uh, three members of the cabinet, uh, or two members of the cabinet and one former member of the cabinet, David Eby, decided to make a big show of endorsing Kennedy Stewart and hopeless cause. Uh, public safety was the obvious issue in Vancouver, so the Liberals took the government on on that issue. Uh, Murray Rankin and Mike Farnworth on that one says, say, you know, we've a lot of compassion. We feel sorry for people who've been 
victimized in these awful random attacks and people who were fed up with repeat offenders being released. And they said, hey, we made progress on it. So you go to the press release. What did they do? Uh, They went to a meeting in Halifax with the country's justice ministers and ministers of public safety. And they persuaded Ottawa that there needs to be another meeting. So they came back. We won something with an agreement from Ottawa that the federal government will have a national meeting on this problem. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that's much to celebrate. I can't imagine people in Vancouver or any other place where they're worried about street safety and feel like this has gone on too long already are going to be encouraged by a couple of cabinet ministers saying, hey, we got another meeting. Uh, Farmworth was asked, uh, what sort of actions would Ottawa have to take to satisfy you, Farnworth, and the B.C. government on this issue? And he ducked the question. So let's wait for the next meeting, but don't get your hopes up. This thing has already gone on way too long, in my view. Yeah, it certainly has. So it just sounds like a lot more back and forth on this issue. Do you, do you get the sense that anything is going to change? Like, do you think the provincial government got the message? <sighs> I think the provincial government got the message. They're scrambling now to to prove to everyone that they've always been on the side of public safety and dealing with repeat offenders and reforming bail legislation. Never mind that for much of this year, previous Attorney General David Eby was telling us that all these crime stats are exaggerated and most of the evidence is anecdotal. Um, I, on that one, I defer to my colleague Keith Baldry, who said, well, there's an awful lot of anecdotes out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, it didn't wash with the public, and the results in, in Vancouver, which was ground zero for this political battle, right? I mean, there were other cities where it wasn't a, a big issue. But in Vancouver, where it was a huge issue, and in Vancouver, where the New Democrats hold nine of the 11 seats in the legislature, they backed a guy who not only lost the election, he got crushed in the election. So they are going to have to take this a lot more seriously. And saying we're waiting on Ottawa for action, I don't think that's going to wash with the public. I don't think so either. And I am so curious as to who was telling them that this was the right way to go, right? Like, what kind of echo chamber were they listening to? Well, we got a clue to all that, Simi, when the uh, provincial, the independent director of the prosecution service, Peter Juck, put out a seven-page statement on September the 6th saying all this catch-and-release stuff is exaggerated, Uh, the crime stats don't support it. Uh, I mean, he is the guy who's been briefing, the previous Attorney General anyway, David Eby, and presumably also briefing Murray Rankin, the new one, uh, although Rankin says he never spoke to him. But in any event, that was the official line from the prosecution service, that the stats were exaggerated, that catch and release was rhetoric that undermined public support for the justice system. I've not seen very many cases, Simi, where a senior public servant, like the head of the prosecution service, comes out and launches an attack on a slogan from the opposition. I mean, catch and release is BC liberal language. He didn't name the liberals, but he denounced the slogan and he denounced the media coverage of it. And I mean, it was it was unusual. So where was the government getting this stuff from? Where was Kennedy Stewart getting this stuff from? I think the evidence, the argument was coming from deep in the BC Public Service and from the Ministry of Attorney General. Uh, Prosecution Service is independent. Uh, They are entitled to their position on it. But it's very rare to see it intrude into a political argument the way they did here. 
Right. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.